A good haircut can be a game changer. I mean, everybody wants to look their best for those social media pics, right? So get yourself to Sport Clips at Sport Clips Haircuts. They hair do like no one else hair does. See what they did there? Not only is it the home of champion haircuts, but they've also made relaxing and unwinding the name of the game. Level up your haircut with the MVP haircut experience. It's a spa day for your follicles. Check this out. You get a seven pressure point massaging shampoo along with a perfectly steamed hot towel all while sports plays on the TV. Does it get any better than that? No. You can want it all and have it all at Sport Clips. It's a game changer. I know you have heard this before. Work smarter, not harder. Ford has heard it too. That's why the Ford F-150 truck helps you get the job done in the smartest way possible. I mean, the pro-access tailgate alone is a game changer. It improves access to the bed and cargo, which makes it easier to load in tight spaces. See? Smarter. It's also got a mobile power source in Pro Power on board, so you can power up to 7.2 kilowatts outside your F-150 truck. That is definitely working smarter. And imagine what you can do with that power at your next tailgate party. Tough this smart can only be called F-150. Find your local Ford dealer at Ford.com. Pro access tailgate available starting spring 2024. See owner's manual for important operating instructions. Talk is Jericho, baby. Talk is Jericho. Talk is Jericho, mama. Talk is me. All right. The theme, the sensation that's sweeping the nation. Talk is Jericho. My kids love that theme. You're going to hear them sing it coming up pretty soon. Right here on the Pot of Thunder and Rock and Roll. The remedy for boredom has arrived. Let's go for a ride. The People's Podcast is here and it's time to decide if I am the... I'm the king of the podcast world. And you're my podcast queen or king. I think I am. Just that theme song proclaims it right there. I got a lot of themes. I went to my good friend Ed Aborn's uh, studio about 45 minutes from my house and laid down some rocking tunes just for you. I figured it was time to get professional after 118 uh, shows, 119 shows. Today, like I said, I've got pro wrestling mastermind Pat Patterson here with me. He is the Yoda of the WWE, the master Jedi. Uh, I am his Padawan, no doubt about that. He is the wise one who's taught so many of the great so many world champions hall of famers how to successfully work how to put together matches inside the ring he created the royal rumble he was there uh, to help execute the main event in the very first wrestlemania he had to physically stop boxing legend muhammad ali from throwing real punches in the ring so many things that he's done he was the first intercontinental champion he uh was one of the first uh, gay men in in the wrestling world that everyone knew was gay he talks about how that was especially in the late 60s early 70s pat patterson so many great stories nothing but respect from me the rock Steve Austin, Edge, Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart, all of the greats, John Cena, will tell you that Pat Patterson taught them how to work matches the best possible way within the ring. And if Pat's not enough, I've also got my kids on the show, Ash the Fish Expert and literary experts Cheyenne and Sierra Irvin. They're going to tell us about their uh, experiences last weekend when they came out on the road with me uh, for the Tampa Fort Myers shows. It was a little daddy kid weekend. I took them out to get a little chance on what it was like to uh, a little taste on what it was like to be on the road we left to go to tampa 
then after the show, stayed in hotel and packed up our stuff, went to Fort Myers, went and saw the SpongeBob SquarePants movie. And then uh, after that, we went to uh, the Fort Myers show and then uh, came back home again the next day. So lots of great experiences, a very, very cool moment with, uh, with Chris Jericho and his kids. And I had the opportunity to sit down with him, even though Ash, the fish, fish expert was feeling a little bit under the weather. He said, the show must go on dad. So, uh, let's talk to the Irvin kids and find out what they thought of life on the road. Okay. First of all, um, I'm here with the Irvin kids who had their first road trip this weekend, Ash and Cheyenne and Sarah, uh, Girls, why don't you do the Talk is Jericho theme? Talk is Jericho, baby. Talk is Jericho. Oi, oi. Talk is Jericho, mama. Talk is me. (laughs) So you you got to hear that uh, on your very first road trip to see WWE shows in Tampa and in Fort Myers. And uh, did you have a good time, your first road trip, girls? It was amazing it seeing was all the wrestlers, awesome. but it was also really weird to see all the guys' shirts off. So yeah. see all the guys with their shirts out. off. Just pointing that out. We say you with your shirt off. It's, it's crazy different. seeing like twenty other people with their shirts off. Well, did you get a chance to? Was there anybody that you got to see that you really enjoyed seeing? Like, yeah. tell me about when you who was it that you met first when you got there in Tampa? The Miz. The Miz. And you like him, right? Yes. And Ms. Dow. And Ms. Dow? But yeah. you didn't know who Ms. Dow was at first, right? Yeah. yeah of course we didn't. He so signed us an autograph. So did the Miz and Paige and the Usos. And the, the Usos? Usos they were actually one of my favorites because they're also twins. And so that I'm just pointing that out again. And you got to see the, the, the two twins. There was the older one and the younger one. Yep. And how did you know who the younger one was? A shirt wrapped around his waist, and the other one didn't. And he said he was the youngest, the one that didn't have the shirt around him. So when they wrestled last night, I couldn't tell who they were because they both had a shirt on. So I don't know which one is which. Shasha, what were you going to say? But when I first met them, I could just tell the difference because I'm awesome. (laughs) <laughs> I really can. But didn't one of them wear like a, a sleeve, like a blue sleeve in the ring? Oh, yeah. But that was, I think, the so older I could tell the difference. Okay, now what about when you met uh, Bray Wyatt for the first time? Oh, um, just pointing that out, she made a cheater video about him, and my dad posted it to him, and Bray Wyatt saw it, and dad told her him her about the cheater video, and she got embarrassed, like, right in the face. And what was... What did you say in the video, though, Shy? He's a big fat cheater. <laughs> He's a big fat cheater. I filmed you saying that. Then I sent it to him. And then when you met him face to face, was he scary? No. <laughs> he's just like, wow, I didn't know I was going to be him because I got to crush my head. Well, because you thought he was scary, but then afterwards he was he was actually pretty nice yeah, to you, right? Yeah, he was cheating and I didn't actually know I was going to be that's him. What so that's what bad guys do. You know I know, that. but you I, made know that. That video, I made that video because I didn't really know I was going to meet him. But he's actually really, really but that's right. He's really, really nice. Okay, Ash. So, what did you think about about this? It was a really exciting time, and everyone there was really nice. And who did you? you where did you sit? Uh, front row, seventh seat. Really great seats. And who were your favorites that you got to see on during the shows? The U- Usos, you, and Roman Reigns. You were cheering too. You were chanting Y two J. 
because you're sitting out in the crowd with Dean Malenko's son, right? Yeah. And did you take? Uh, what was your favorite match that you saw? Probably Mizdal and Usos. <laughs> what about me? Yours was pretty good, but I was against the other ones. When Cesaro did the spin to you, I never saw him do that. Like, the giant swing? But you still won two times, so that was pretty cool. Yeah, and what did you think was going to happen to me when I told you I was wrestling Cesaro? You're going to break your butt, I'm pretty sure. And why did you think I was going to break my butt? Because he, he lifted a big ship. Oh, so he's really oh, strong. Loud to you, but I thought when he was wrestling that he was gonna shatter every bone in your body because he literally lift up Big Show and threw him out of the ring. Crazy, right? He's like a he's a strong man. man. He's no. a I can't wrestler. believe I couldn't believe he's it. a sumo wrestler but skinny. Wait. I I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't believe it when he did that. Well, let me ask you this though: when we got there, because Ash sat out in the crowd with uh, with Dean's son Preston. And you guys sat in the back, so I was going to have Paige watch you guys while I was in the ring because it was just it was just three of us kids, the three of you kids and me. But Paige took you into the women's locker room. Now, all of my fan base, especially the guys, want to know what happened when you guys went into the girls' locker room. What was it like in the Divas' locker room? Um, it was just stuff laying all around the floor. And Rose was being and inappropriate. Rosa was being inappropriate. Rosa was being inappropriate? Like yeah, but before her, we came in. She didn't have like her thing on like, right here. She didn't, she didn't have her top on? She um, didn't have her no, top on. No, but it was before we came in. Yeah, it was before we came oh, in. Oh, so that wasn't being inappropriate because you, you guys weren't in there yet. I know, but, yeah, but Paige um, saw it, so she... Oh, okay. She told us. So. And she did. said that Rosa was always being inappropriate. Okay. So was it a messy locker room? Yes. There were clothes and socks and wrestling things all over the place. I like Summer because she has just like frizzled wrestling things. Oh, with the tassels on it and everything? Why does Emma always doing, do... That's Emma does the dance. Why em- does she do that? Uh, that's just kind of like her gimmick. That's what she does. That's That's kind of what she does. <laughs> so Ash, when you were uh, when you were watching the show, and you said you like, what did you like best about Miz and Mizdow? What, why did you like those guys the best against the Usos? Um, when Mizdow started imitating uh, Miz, that was, that was funny. funny. Yeah, because he's like it's a stunt double. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Now, girls, what did Paige give you uh, at yesterday's show? She gave us a hat signed by all the girls. Yeah, signed by all the girls. It was so cool. And she got us VIMP experiencing where it had a whole bunch of things. And Paige already signed it. And then um, we got Miz and Mizdal and the Uso brothers to sign it. But we could have got Daniel Bryan and Randy Orton and Big Show to sign it. But so like an autograph booklet? Yeah, they yeah, got an yeah, autograph yeah. booklet, right? Well, let me explain. And then the girls, the some of the girls were in there except Natalia and Paige. And then, so they just signed the front. And then Paige signed where her picture was. And then on the front, there's like a pictures of all the wrestlers. And there's a picture of her, and she signed it right there. And okay. Um, and under their names, they put their Facebook things. Like, Paige's was at... The real page WWE. Oh, their Twitter addresses. Yeah. yeah. And then Natalie's was not by nature. Oh, okay. So what were you guys doing when Daddy was in the ring? Were you cheering Like, were you cheering for me? Because you guys were sitting in the back we're the first night with Paige. Two, Jay. And we were saying, like, ooh, that would have hurt. Like, and we were like, ah, jeez. 
Now, you, before when you guys went to the show, all you guys, including you, Ash, you guys used to be crying and sad when Daddy was was in a, was in a wrestling match. Um, but now you guys, this time was different. Yeah. Why was it different this time? Because we know the only reason we cried before we came was because we didn't know you guys were friends. So, and then we didn't. The reason why we didn't cry at Cesaro saying is because we know you guys are friends. So. Okay. And we, and then, how about you, Ash? Because I didn't know everyone was actually super nice. So I all thought they, you know, were their actual characters. Mm -hmm. But now that I know everyone, they're all super nice. Now you know it's like a show? Yeah. What did you guys notice between the first night and the second night? You said. Uh, I noticed that um, on the first night and the um, second night that. Um, the matches were the same, but there was a whole bunch of um, different people. But people in the first and second night, they used the same strategy. So the same, all the, all of the same people won because the people who lost were using the same strategies, and the people who won were using the same strategies. So it ended up everybody who won um, in the, the two rows. I mean, in everyone the who won the first night won the second night because they used the same strategy. Yeah. Um. Whether I realized one of the other differences was that some of them were wearing different color clothes. Oh, okay. I wanted to point that out. Oh, so they use different tights. Yeah, because Titus was wearing a red one on the first night, and then on the second night he was wearing a purple one. Did you get to meet everybody that you wanted to meet? Yeah. Yeah. And you too, Ash, you got to meet everyone you wanted to meet? Yeah. Now, let's talk about the actual, so you guys like the shows. Let's talk about the actual uh, road trip itself. What did you think about being on the road? It was cool, but not really fun. I had to hold in my... P? P? For one hour, so it was not pleasant. I've I've gone I've gone I've gone I've gone to pee. I've okay, I've no. peed fourteen. I I haven't peed fourteen hours straight. Okay, we don't have to talk about <laughs> fourteen hours. How did you like it, Ash? Going from one hotel to the next and the drive and everything like that. It was really fun and exciting, mm -hmm. except for when we got caught in traffic and there was a lot of red lights. A lot of red lights, yeah. Okay, so it's a little bit boring when you're stuck in traffic, right? Yeah. Now, was what did you guys think about being on the road and being... It was cool. Um, the really weird thing was that when we went to go to the movie theater, our hotel was right next to it. That was so weird. Oh, the arena. Oh, you went to the movie theater? Yeah, our hotel we was right next to it. We went to Water, and then we, um, there was a Crown Plaza next to it. And we thought that it was our um, um, hotel, and it was. Yeah, just I I booked the hotel a couple of days before, and then we found the movie theater, and the movie theater is right next to the hotel. Yeah. Oh wait, let me talk about the road trip now. Um, I've gone to things longer. Mostly, I just read my Minecraft books. Read your books, yeah. Minecraft books that she got for Valentine's Day, but she let me read them. So I didn't really do them much in the car. Just read. So um. My road trip was pretty pretty casual, so yeah. Um, I uh, play Terraria in in Terraria. It's kind of like Minecraft, but when you dig down, it's easier. And then like you go to the underworld. So. And what what game were you playing at the uh, at the venue? Were you playing Clash of the Clans? No, I was playing Oregon Trail. Oh, but Miz was playing Clash of the yeah, Clans. No, Playing the Clash of Clans and he was amazing at it. We all laughed and I was like, "Is the Miss playing the Clash of Clans? The Miss 
is playing the Clash of Clans, and I was like, I was the one who realized that. Are you playing the Clash of Clans? And I was like, he was like, yeah. I asked him that, and then I realized that he was playing. Now, was it was it a long drive in the car uh, today? Yes. How how long? Really long? (laughs) It was like I did longer. Five hours in the car. How long was this trip? Four hours. Four hours today. You think it was four hours total? Yeah. Now what, let's talk about the one of the coolest things: room service in the room. How was oh, that? Oh yeah, baby. Did you like it? It was pretty good. What, 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 what did you, okay, so the first night we stayed in the Embassy Suites, and what did you say about the Crown Plaza the second night, Ash? It's quaint. Yeah, <laughs> you said this is a quaint little room. Yeah. So, so you guys would like the Embassy Suites better than you like the Crown Plaza? Yeah. What about you guys? Would you like the um, room service? Embassy Suites was better. <coughs> Crown Plaza. It was okay, but I give double thumbs up for um, Embassy, uh, one thumbs up for Crown Plaza, and a kind of thumb for Crown Plaza. So a thumb, a thumb up one, and thumb to the side. Yeah. Okay, so you that guys one like for Crown Plaza and double thumbs up for Embassy. What about you, Shy? Plasma kind of has a plaza. the Crown Plasma. <laughs> Crown, Crown Plaza. Plaza has weirdness. Has weirdness? Yes. Okay. And, oh, does it have the elevator? Does it have, well, the elevator, it like it felt like it was like we are going to get stuck in it because when it hit the floor we were going to, it like waited a little bit, then it opened, and that scared me. And then the thing I liked about it is we got to watch a dog show while eating our food, and then... On TV. Ice cream. Oh, you got to have ice cream. Okay. Did you guys miss miss your mom at all during the weekend? Yes. yes. Huh, yeah. Let me say something. Talk is ice cream. <laughs> all right. So overall, oh, wait, 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 wait. Over- I didn't say my part about okay. mom. Um, I kind of miss her because once mom, like mom, had to leave, and I missed her then, but I didn't miss her that much. Okay. Because I was used to it. Okay. And you missed your mom too, Ash? Yeah. And I know you're not feeling good right now. No. But the show must go on. You had to do this show anyways. Yeah. Uh, okay, final thing. Who was your favorite people that you saw this weekend? My favorite per- people that I saw was the girl wrestlers. Which ones? Paige. Like, all of them. Okay, Paige, Natty, Summer, Emma. But is Rose actually a wrestler or is she just going well, S- she some people would there? debate that if she's a wrestler or not, but yes, yeah, she, she is a wrestler. Kind of, yeah, she's Fondango's dance person. Right now. You got, and how about you, Cece? Who are you happy that you um, met? Who's your favorite person you met? I seeing Sasha, Summer, Emma, Paige, um, Rosa. All the girls were pretty nice. Um, I like seeing, I'm um, saying The Miz. I like seeing Randy Orton and Miz Dow. And I really, really liked. Um, the Uso brothers, but I was really bummed, and I also like Big Show, but I was really bummed that John Cena wasn't there, because he's basically my favorite wrestler besides my dad, so I was bummed. Well, next time you get to see him. How about you, Ash? Who was your favorite? My favorite people were Miz and Mizdow, the Usos, Big Show, and Natty and Paige and Summary. Okay, so overall, you guys had a good time? Yeah. Yes. All right. So you guys want to do it again? Yeah. We go on the road. Oh, with, yeah, go, yeah. go on the road with Dad uh, again on the road. Definitely. Definitely.
All right, so to finish this off, girls, you want to sing the theme song one more time? Hold on, hold on. One, two, three, four. Talk in Jericho, baby. Talk in Jericho. Oi, oi. Talk in Jericho, mama. Talk is me. Ice cream. <laughs> uh, such a cool experience. That's one of the best things about having this show is I can have anybody that I want on. Uh, last episode, I had my dad, Ted Irvin, on to talk about some amazing early 70s NHL stories uh, and what it's like to be uh, my dad and, and have uh, have me as his son. And it was just really, really cool and, and even cooler to have my own kids on talking about the experiences they had, stuff like that you never forget. And it's actually one of the reasons why... Um, I wanted to come back to the WWE because I saw this loop in Tampa and thought it'd be a great weekend to be able to take my kids out on the road with me to Tampa and to Fort Myers. So it was uh, just an amazing experience and, and something that I don't think any of us will ever forget. It's the trip that lasts forever. Um, something interesting, too, about the Fort Myers show. I had a good friend of mine uh, for years earlier, Ricky Medlock from Leonard Skinner, showed up, big wrestling fan. Uh, hung out with him years and years ago at a at a Road Wild pay per view we used to do at Sturgis, and I got to see Leonard Skinner with with Eddie Guerrero and Chris Benoit, Dean Malenko, Chavo Guerrero, and hadn't seen Ricky uh, only a handful of times since. But he was great to see him, and we'll have to hook up with him in the future to tell some Leonard Skinner stories. But I went to talk to a friend of mine who is on the WWE production team to say, "Hey, did you see uh, Ricky? He was here." And he's like, "Yes, he's here." And you know who else is here? Who's coming? Uh, and I said, "Who?" And he said, Ozzy. And I was like, Ozzy? Ozzy Osbourne? He said, yes. And this guy who works on the crew, his name is Tim. He'd worked for Black Sabbath for years earlier. And Ozzy had contacted him uh, through his people and said he's going to be in Fort Myers and wanted to come to the show. So you always hear these rumors and all these things. So during my match, I looked out in the crowd and I could see my kids in the front row, which is great. Couldn't see Ozzy anywhere. So I figured, well, maybe he didn't show up. Uh, Later on in the show, I went and saw Tim and I said, so did Ozzy ever show up? He goes, oh, yeah, yeah, he was here. He said, I walked him in the building about 20 minutes in. And, of course, my question was, did he see my match? Because I was on fourth. He goes, oh, yeah, he saw your match. He was there. And he left, uh, you know, about an hour after uh, after you were on. Not to say that Ozzy came to see me, but just the fact he actually saw my match was pretty cool. But I said, well, what was the deal? He said, Ozzy came. He wanted to just be a normal guy, just a, a normal fan, a punter. So he parked in the public parking. He was wearing a hat and normal glasses, not shades. And like a hoodie and jeans. I had one friend with them and they came in through the ticket gate and they sat down uh, in the stands uh, and just watched the show. And he didn't want to come backstage. He didn't want to draw any attention to him. He knew that if he came backstage, people would see him and the word would go around. So he just came in just as a normal guy. He just wanted to have a normal experience at the wrestling matches. So I don't know if I was supposed to tell that story, but it's you know, not like anybody can see him now. But And it's one of those things, if you were at the Fort Myers show and we're like standing there, and even if you had to really be paying attention, because if Ozzy had his hat on with his hat on underneath, hair on underneath it, you wouldn't know. You might be one of those things like that guy looks just like Ozzy Osbourne. But like, yeah, there's no way. There's no way Ozzy Osbourne is going to be in Fort Myers if anybody even recognized that at all. So, uh, really, really cool story, and uh, you just never know who's coming to the to the shows. I mean, Mick Jagger, Paul McCartney, they might have come to my shows before. They might be big Chris Jericho fans, and I don't even know it. So if that's the case, Mick, Paul, uh, call me, and we'll and we'll, uh, we'll take care of you next time, and uh, we'll get you on the show. Uh, speaking of the show, I thank you for listening. Uh, the ratings have gone through the roof uh, uh, over the last few months. Like, we're talking 
some huge, huge ratings. Dean Ambrose, Ryback, The Hogan Show, it's Paul Stanley, Robert Trujillo, uh, Shawn Michaels shows were huge. Um, the Wade Barrett show was through the roof, one of my highest uh, rated shows. So thank you guys for continuing to join. Zach Bagans, another huge, huge hit. And thanks for following me through the diversity of my guests. This is not a wrestling podcast. It's a, it's a Jericho podcast, which means anything that interests me, you're going to experience it on the show. And you guys seem to really be digging it because the non-wrestling shows are doing better than some of the wrestling shows. And that's what it's all about, guys. I appreciate you coming to me. I wouldn't be able to do this for you uh, if not for you guys. And I wouldn't be able to do it for my sponsors uh, who, who allow me to do this show for you for free for twice a week, including Amazon. Don't forget, every time you do that Amazon shopping through my Amazon links, Amazon will kick back a few dollars to talk as Jericho. Easiest way to support the show. You go to podcastone.com, click on the Keeper Podcast free banner at the top of the page, Ewagey, then hit the Talk as Jericho button. I got links for Canada, USA, and the UK. All kinds of cool stuff you can get on Amazon. The new Shawn Michaels book, Wrestling for My Life, The Legend, The Reality, The Faith of a WWE Superstar, a well-written book uh, by my good buddy Shawn Michaels. You can get the latest Blackville Brides record, Blackville Brides 4. My friend Andy Bierzak uh, did a great job singing on that, produced by Bob Rock, a future guest right here on Talk is Jericho. You can order any of Zach Bagan's amazing books, including I Am Haunted, his newest one. You get the latest Fozzie record, Do You Want to Start a War? Heading over to Europe in just two short weeks to play a bunch of songs from that we just learned a new song in rehearsal the other day uh, which i'm going to keep as a surprise but it is from do you want to start a war and it's one of the highly requested ones from the record so all the fine fans in the europe and the uk and the ireland will get to hear this first uh and also my new book the best in the world at what i have no idea the third new york times bestseller in my pantheon listen you can buy anything you want anything you need the truth is it's not going to cost you anything extra no hidden fees or additional challenges so if you happen to be doing some online shopping do it the Amazon links and help out this show. You go to podcast1.com, click on the Keep Our Podcast free banner at the top of the page, eh? then hit the Talk is Jericho button and bookmark it so you can get all those links in one easy click. All right, like I said, we're going to Europe for the Cinderblock Party World Tour with the Dirty Youth. Fozzie going to be headlining there, and the ticket sales are doing amazing. Some of the shows are, are so uh, close to being sold out, I can taste it, and all the other ones are doing good as well. There's one stinker in there so far. I'm not going to tell you which one it is, so if, you, if you're debating on going to the show buy your tickets uh right now so you don't uh you don't let us down uh, it's going to be a killer tour it's the biggest tour we've ever done over uh over in europe and we're really really excited it's always fun to go over there as a headliner because uh, you're, you're preaching to your fans and we can play as long as we want we know that uh, no one's going to be getting antsy they're there to see fozzy they're going to see fozzy and we're going to give you fozzy it's going to be great uh, march 4th belfast 5 cork 6 dublin 7 nottingham all the gigs uh, on FozzyRock.com, 15 in Brighton, 17 Paris, 18 Pratel in Switzerland, 19 Munich, 20 Mannheim, 21 Bochum. Uh, I didn't list all those dates. Go to FozzyRock.com to check them all out and go check out the VIP package. I want to meet you. I want to hang out with you, uh, sign your stuff, tell you tales, uh, whatever it is you want to do. Give you a big, big, uh, nice, giant, warm hug. It's probably going to be cold over in Europe. It always is. Go to FozzyRock.com to get all that information. All right. I got Pat Patterson coming up. All right. There are some seriously talented luchadors in AEW and not all of them speak English, which can make putting together matches a little challenging sometimes. That's why I signed up for Rosetta Stone. I'm learning Spanish, amigos. Amigas. See, already learning. Ha ha. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program. 
You don't even have to learn Spanish, though, because Rosetta Stone has 25 languages, including French, German, Korean, Arabic, and Polish, and Japanese. That's what I'm going to do next. I spent a lot of time in Japan, and I still work with a lot of Japanese wrestlers at AEW, like Takeshita. So having a better handle on the language will definitely show in the ring. Communication is key. And learning Spanish on Rosetta Stone has been so fun and easy. They've got this true accent feature that gives you feedback on how well you're pronouncing words. Sort of like having a personal trainer for your accent. I'm using the app, but you can also do the lessons on desktop or laptop. I also like that I can download the lessons and do them offline, which is perfect for a plane. I can sit there on a flight and work on my Espanol. So don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Talk is Jericho listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash Jericho. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash Jericho today. That's rosettastone.com slash Jericho. Do it today. Talk is Jericho. So we're back here in the in the uh, bowels of the Bell Center in Montreal, and I'm with uh, with one of the, the smartest men I've ever met in wrestling. Oh, come on, you overdo it now. No, no, no. Pat Patterson is here with me, and you've been um, working in the business for what fifty years? Fifty six years. Fifty six years, man. Yes, that's a long time, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> you think I've seen a few matches? Yeah. Phew. And you, you surprised you still aren't completely insane at this point after being around here for a lot, that many, that you know, many years. You know, you love the business, you know. Yeah. You, you, with me, I can, I can, I will always love the business mm-hmm. because that's when I, when I was a kid. For some reason, I didn't know what or what I was going to do or what I was going to be, but I knew one thing: no matter what I would do, I would have to be in front of an audience. So anyway, I got involved in wrestling. You know, training and all mm-hmm. that, and my father found out that I was training. Give me a break. I don't want to see you in the ring. You're going to break your neck. You're going to break your leg. I didn't pay attention to him. Anyway, so, make a story short, I uh, told him I was leaving for Boston. So, who, who were you training with in, in, in Montreal? In Montreal, there was a gym run by a church. They uh-huh. had a nice gym, and they had an old-timer trainer. He trained some of the kids. You know, we're all, we're all kids, 15, 16 years old. Had a nice ring, and uh, I would go in there and train, you know. And I smartened up, though. I was still going to school, and in my class there was a kid of my age, and his father was a promoter in Montreal. Mm-hmm. I said, if I can get that kid to train with me, then he'll talk to his dad. Then we can wrestle all the little towns, you know. Mm-hmm. Then when I talked to him, he said, oh, no, my dad doesn't want to be involved in wrestling or nothing. I said, your dad doesn't have to know. Mm-hmm. So he would come and train with me two or three times a week in that gym, and we'd wrestle each other and fly in head scissors, drop kick, and things like that. And it was fun, you know, but he couldn't tell his dad, you know. Hmm. And his dad was a promoter, so one night I ran into his dad, and I said, uh, Mr. Sanson, that was his name, he was so mean-looking guy, you know. I said, you know, I, I would like to wrestle. You know, I said, I've been training with your son. We can have a good match. He said, what? Did you take my son in the ring? I said, yes. You'll be surprised. I don't want to see that. Now get out of here. <laughs> Holy, my luck was not too good. <laughs> but about oh, three, four weeks later, I grabbed him again. I said, try us one time. One time. You'll be surprised. So he booked us in a little small town, first match. 
and he saw his son give him flying head scissors and drop kick. He was so happy. So proud. And I was in. <laughs> we were working preliminaries every night, and it was great. You know what I mean? It was fun. So was there a pretty big scene in Montreal, a wrestling scene? Like, no. As far as, what do you mean? I mean, was scene? there a company, uh, like an independent promotion in Montreal? Or was there was a promoter. Shows? There was a local promoter. There was two, two promotions in Montreal mm -hmm. years ago when I was a kid. There was a the big promotion, like the stars from New York would come, and Kerry Kowalski and all these guys. There was televised live on TV. And this guy was just, the other guy, Silvio Sanson, was just a promoter, a local promoter. Mm -hmm. He promoted little towns, little towns outside of Montreal, you know, it was mm -hmm. great. And so, so, so when your dad found out that this is what you were doing, was he not too uh, happy with that? No, no, I told him, and I, there was a promoter from Boston that came to Montreal mm -hmm. and watched all our little shows that we had. Mm -hmm. And I said, give me your address. I didn't speak English, but he understood what I wanted. And... About a month later, I found a suit. We were so poor, we didn't have anything, you know. Mm. And uh, I was raised, 11 of us, my mom and dad were 11, in a two-bedroom apartment. No living room. Mm. Two-bedroom and a kitchen. And 11 of us lived there. And no shower, no bathtub, and no hot water. Wow. You don't think I was happy to get out of there? <laughs> yeah. You're and, looking for a way to get out. Oh, yeah. And, and when I told my dad I'm leaving, I found a, an old suitcase and in the garbage. And that, hmm. would that wouldn't close. I tied it up, and I told my dad I'm going. I had $20 in my pocket. In those days, $20 was more than $20. Mm -hmm. And he told me, he says, don't you ever come back and knock it on the door. Hmm. I took a Greyhound bus. I went to Boston, and I met the promoter. I started wrestling every night, and that's when I really learned a lot. You know what I mean? I had a blast there. I was young. The ribs, the jokes, and all that. You know, you do crazy. When you're young, you do crazy things. You don't know how bad it is. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Did you? Have, did you? Because you have no responsibility. Yeah. All of a sudden, oh my God! I could get sued. I could go to jail. You can't do that. You know what I mean? When you're a kid, you don't care. You don't know, you know? Did you speak English? No, nothing. Wow. That's when I learned my English. <laughs> so, so so did you have a problem getting over the border? Were you allowed to just get on a bus and go across I the went, border? I went. The promoter sent me a letter, and I showed him the letter. Oh. And it was it was easy in those days to get yeah. across the border. It was not like it is today, you know? Did you, but how did the promoter know about you? Because he had seen you. He'd seen me. Oh, okay. Seen me in the front. He always tried to get some young guys so you don't have to pay them that much. $10, <laughs> dollars, $15 a night. Yeah. That's all, you know. So yeah. who was working in, in Boston when you were there? Anybody that, like, was it Killer Kowalski and those Killer guys? Killer Kowalski or? was there occasionally. Mm -hmm. uh, the names, probably, the names I would mention, probably nobody would know. The Bill, Mon Bill Montana... Emmanuel Cortez was Fra Frankie Scarpa was a local Italian guy and mm -hmm. he was a star in in wrestling mm -hmm. and so he was a local guy at the end we just they were just local guys making a few bucks and you wrestled with them and learned a lot with them you know so did you pick up English just from being in in locker rooms and, yeah yeah That's it, yeah they they used to laugh at me <laughs> you know I didn't try to mention something in it they they laugh you know I said well, don't, <laughs> I don't speak English we not speaking English and it's funny. When I went to Boston, we didn't have any money. We'd go eat to a cafeteria, mm -hmm. and I was so fussy as for food, you know. And I knew that I like hamburger steak. Right. That I knew what it, what it was. So I was eating hamburger steak every day, 
And after a couple of weeks, and there's a sign that says pork shop. Pork shop. So give me pork No, no, never mind. But give me hamburger steak. And I like pork shop, but I didn't know when pork shop, I had no idea what that was. <laughs> I had a tough time eating <laughs> yeah. that Chinese food. What the hell is that? Yeah, you, know what I you mean? don't know. No. You yeah. know, it's, it's interesting for, because when I first started my career was in uh, Mexico, and I was the same as you. I didn't oh. speak Spanish, mm -hmm. but I would learn in the locker room, and you'd be right. sitting there in the locker room, and everyone would be speaking Spanish, and then stop talking and look at you yeah. and start laughing, yeah. and then go back and speak. Like, you know they're talking about me, but I don't know what they're saying. Yeah. Okay, is this good or bad? I'm yeah. sure you probably had the same situation with same people thing, speaking yeah. English to you. Yeah, I went to Mexico, and how do you hear from oh, Demi? Yeah. How do you hear from Demi? See? See? <laughs> see? Yeah, see what? You know? <laughs> yeah. so, you, so, so Boston's where you kind of cut your teeth. Uh, yeah. And learning, but you must have had some natural abilities. Just a God-given gift for it. Oh, that's something I loved. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? It just I was vis years ago. I visualized myself going in the circus. Really? Love that. Oh yeah, on the trapeze and all that. That's how I visualized myself. I would have loved to do that. <laughs> well, yeah. you did join the circus in a certain way. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Same thing. But the funny thing that most people don't know is that I was in Boston in about a year. Mm -hmm. But when I was wrestling around Montreal, mm -hmm. Maurice Vachon would come and work once in a while. Mm -hmm. And Maurice Vachon, everybody was afraid of him. I mean, whether you're a wrestler, and he, yeah. he was really a moody guy, you know what I mean? You never know. And he's, tough, he's, too, right? Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, I've never seen anybody tougher than Mad Dog Vachon. Yeah. I've seen him in action later on. But anyway, every time he'd watch me, he'd come and watch my mat, and he would say, Right there, you're going to be a good wrestler, you little bastard. <laughs> I never would say thank you. I wouldn't say nothing. <laughs> I was afraid you'd nail me. You know what I mean? Nothing. <laughs> yeah. It's a funny thing. So I'm in Boston, and about maybe seven, eight months later, I get a letter. Mm -hmm. In those days, there was no phone call. I get a letter from Mad Dog Vachon. He's in Oregon. He's mm -hmm. a big star in Oregon. I got a letter. He says, You're booked on the 27. I'm booked. How many got to Portland, in Oregon? Oregon from Boston. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to find out how did he get my address and this one guy that I knew in Montreal, he was involved in the wrestling a little bit. He had my address. He sent it to Maurice and Maurice wrote me. So I'm booking a 28. They're like, I got two weeks to get to Portland. I got I have no money. Mm -hmm. I don't. And I never answered. Boy, three weeks later, I got another. You better get your ass over here. I could just see him. You know what I mean? Well, I had and this no, is a letter that he's writing you. Yeah, yeah, yeah letter. <laughs> no ink, pencil. <laughs> and and when I was in Boston, that's when I met my friend. Mm -hmm. Okay, and we had a relationship for a while, but now I, I got to leave. I got to go to Oregon. Our relationship is going to break. So here I go. I had a few bucks, and I flew to Portland, Oregon. Mm -hmm. And the first night... I've always wrestled in small arena, and the first night in Portland, it was the first time they had a show in the big building. Mm -hmm. So I walk in that building with Mad Dog, and I said, oh my God, are they going to pack this place? Oh yeah, they packed this place. So I was in the first match, I've never seen a crowd like this. Jeez, that's crazy, you know. Yeah. All right. And Don Owens used to paint cash right after each match. He'd wait in the line, cash, cash, mm -hmm. cash. And that was the promoter in Portland. Right. Yeah. And... My first night, I wait in line, he gives me 300 bucks. I said, Jesus Christ, $300. And that's a lot of money. I was making $15 a match. <laughs> so I went to Matt Doug, I said, 
Matt Doggett says, I don't know what to tell you, but I think you made a mistake. He <laughs> said, what do you mean? I said, you gave me 300 bucks. It's too much money. He said, no, he screwed you anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and I was in, I was in Oregon uh, for a year and a half or so, and I moved to different territory. But Matt Dog got me on the map. You know what I mean? And that's how it was back in those days. There was a lot of territories throughout North America. I mean, you could go to Boston or Oregon or California or Calgary or Winnipeg yeah. or Vancouver. There was 30, 40 territories just in the United States alone. Yeah. So you would go work in a territory for six months to a year and then yeah. move to the next one? Yeah. It all depends on the promoter. Mm -hmm. If he likes you, he keeps you. If he doesn't, he gives you your notice. Yeah. And sometimes if you're there too long, you got to go. Right. you got to have new faces. You know, you, but I was very fortunate. Go ahead. Do you think that's something that's um, kind of missing nowadays when there's just basically WWE and that's it, that you can't really move around from territory to territory? Does it make guys get stale uh, quicker because they can't go anywhere else? Well, it, I don't know how you could do that if you... If you can open up another wrestling company, mm -hmm. but I just mean the fact that there is no more territories. Do you find right. that to be something that that you wish that there were more territories? No, no, <clears throat> no. I think those days are over, and it's mm -hmm. not the way it is. And then the circus comes into town once in a mm -hmm. while, and that's you know, there's little circus yeah. different places, <laughs> but the big circus is just special. You know, there's mm -hmm. only there's only one big circus. That's right. It. Well, you know, I mentioned earlier about how you're one of the smartest guys that I've met, and you said, oh, I don't even say that. But but specifically, it's true. You've taught a lot of guys from from Rock to, to Bret Hart, to Shawn Michaels, to, to Chris Jericho, the psychology of the business. And I always tell people I learned 90% of what I know about putting together a match from you. And I didn't meet you till 1999, so that was nine years into my career wow. that I got a chance to meet you. Yeah. Was there somebody that you met when you were coming through that kind of helped you oh, yeah. put the pieces together? Yeah. Well, you know, I was in Oregon for a while. Then mm. it was time for me. I was there a year and a half. It was time for me to leave Oregon to go someplace else. Yeah. And Don Owens, being the good guy that he was, a good promoter, he says, you're booking Houston. Mm -hmm. Fine. Me and my friend, we take our car, we drive all the way to L.A., take mm -hmm. the route, Highway 10. In those days, I think it was Route 66, but there was... Those days, you were in a desert. Right, yeah, and yeah. believe me, what I'm telling you, in a desert, it was in a desert. And when you start going into the desert now, they had some place where you can buy bags of water. Bags of water that you hang on your bumpers, the front and the back, so you can have water. Because the desert is very long and there is nothing. Mm. There is nothing. And the cars would heat up in those days. Oh, I so see. You pull on the side of the road. Take your time to open the uh, radiator. radiator and pour the water. Everybody would do that. <laughs> wow. Oh, your car would burn. You know what I mean? What year is this? In the 50s? Oh, probably no. No, in the 60s? probably in 62. 62, okay, yeah, gotcha. Somewhere around so that. Early 60s. So we drove and drove and drove. So we're getting a little closer to Texas. That was a long trip. I've never had a long trip like this in my life. Mm -hmm. But anyway, so we stopped in a little place, a little shack, maybe a little restaurant or something. You, you didn't see too many of them. Mm -hmm. And what really surprised me, I went to the men's room, and there was three stalls, two for the whites, one for the black. Really? I freaked out. Wow. Yeah. I so it was still, because oh, yeah. that's something too, like growing up in Canada, we didn't really experience No, that's what that, I'm right? saying, yeah. yeah. Like the black and white racial segregation. Then when I arrived in Houston, 
the next day I'm booked in uh, Beaumont, Texas. Mm -hmm. So one of the referee, local referees, says, you can ride with me, I'll take you. I said, fine. So we drive from Houston to Beaumont, and I get in the arena, and I'm looking. It's a nice little arena, and it's packed. On one side, it's all white. Mm -hmm. On the other side, it's all black. You mean the fans in the crowd? Yes. Wow. Yeah. They were not allowed to mix. Really? Yeah. I'm telling you, you see that, you go, you can't, I can't believe it. Yeah, yeah. It something to Coming experience. from Montreal with nothing, and you see that. What yeah. the hell was that? Right, right, right. Yeah. So, so, so and then was there, would there be like, let's say you're a baby face that came out to the ring. Would the white people cheer for the baby face more? The black people cheer for the baby face more? Like, was 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 the baby face cheered by both sides, or did it matter? Like, oh, they were they were they, they did cheer both sides. Okay. Well, for a long time they were explaining to me that they could never put a black guy against a white guy. Oh wow! They couldn't do it. Yeah. So when I was there, they were just changing. You can wrestle a black guy and a white guy, but oh. you have to control the match, though. Okay. Yeah. So you mentioned that you went to Houston. You were going to answer who who it was that helped you kind of start putting the pieces together. Like no, yeah. From there, from there, I went. But I learned my lesson, and yeah, in Houston, it's okay. I didn't make any money. Who was the promoter there? Oh God, too old. Oh, too old. Okay, promoters. so it wasn't Paul Bosch or something. No, like that. that was way before oh, that. Okay. And then from there, where did I go? Oh, in Houston, I didn't make any money. Mm -hmm. And I had a big old Lincoln with a huge, one of the used cars. And I got no money. My my engine, no good. Yeah. And it, some of the boys just said, there's a guy at the gas station down there. He'll fix the boys' car, no problem. Mm -hmm. So I go see him. He said, yeah, I'll put you up on your new motor. Don't worry about it, you know. We'll fix it up for you. How long? A week? Okay. So now it's time to get my car. I got no money. Mm-hmm. And I said, can I pay you next week? He says, sure, no problem. Got in the car and never came back to Houston. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. So, I, I was booked in Arizona. And if I, that guy by some chance is still alive, Pat apologizes to you and still owes you the 500 bucks. <laughs> and I went to uh, Arizona. I was there about five, six months. And I was there because I was, I was having fun. It was all new to me, you mm -hmm. know. You open the, the window and you grab for an orange, you know what I mean? That's something I've never seen, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, the promoter was a real idiot. He had not, he didn't know anything about business, but he was a promoter. Right. So to make a long story short, I held him up before I left. Now how do you mean? Well, the, the best place you can make, you know, you make 20, 25 bucks in little towns around Phoenix. Mm -hmm. If you wrestle in the main event, you make 200 bucks mm -hmm. on Friday night. Well, I was the champion, and I was making a good payday on Friday night. Then I got in an argument with him. He treated some Mexican wrestlers like And so uh, I said, uh, if you want me to wrestle in the main event Friday, to drop the belt, you're going to have to give me 500 bucks. He hmm. said, you're holding me up? I said, yeah. I had the belt anyway mm -hmm. at home. He said, you can't do that. I said, okay, we'll see. We went out there, and... Uh, I was in the dressing room, separate dressing room. Mm -hmm. He comes over, he goes, Fat, come on, you're on next. I said, no, 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 no. Where's the 500? Oh, I'll pay you after. No, 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 you pay me now. Mm -hmm. He counted the money. Uh, put, when I came out, my friend was standing by. I gave him the money. Mm -hmm. I went in the ring, they announced me, ding, 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 the match lasted about 30 seconds, a new champion, bye. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. But that's how things were those days. There was yeah. a lot of more of a, a cutthroat profession almost, yeah. right? Yeah. And yeah. I went to Oklahoma from there. 
So you're just going around the country. Well, I learned by that. Yeah. You know, I, I'm going to try to. Uh, it's a funny thing. Oklahoma was known for a nice little territory, but long trips. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Leo Vuss was a promoter. Not Leo Vuss. McGurk. Leroy McGurk. Yeah. He's a promoter and he's blind. Really? Yeah, completely blind. And wow. apparently he was a wrestler years a wrestler years ago in an accident and he and he had his right hand man was Leo Voss mm-hmm. and he was reporting everything to the promoter, you know, everything okay. he seen. He was a referee also. So. Yeah. So everybody told me, Pat, when you go to Oklahoma, don't trust that goddamn Leo Voss. He's a no good <laughs> bastard. I said, I don't know the guy. Well watch him, don't say nothing in front of him. Okay, so I go there and introduce me to my I introduce myself to uh, Leo Voss and Leroy McGurk. Leroy McGurk says, I heard about you, what you did. That's not the thing to do. I says, it's not me. I said, this guy is no good. And he said, all right, okay, no problem. I said, don't worry, it won't happen here. <laughs> so now Leo Voss says, uh, how are you going to go to Little Rock tomorrow? I says, I don't I'll drive by myself. You're right with me. I said to myself, oh boy, I can't say too much in front of him. <laughs> and you know what? I had such a good time with him. You have no idea. I play ribs on him and everything. <laughs> I can't believe it. We became good friends. I worked with uh, with a big program all around with uh, a good wrestler from Oklahoma, Danny Danny Hodge. Oh, he, oh, he was he was the man. And I'm telling you, wrestling in Allen, the main event with him, Jesus Christ! And didn't he have amazing grip grip strength? Dude? Oh yes. Oh yeah. He, crush an apple with his he, hand. Yes, sir. And if you want to try it, try it. <laughs> no. <laughs> and he was good, though. He was an amateur wrestler, but he was very good. He mm-hmm. came. He was just becoming, becoming a wrestler, a professional wrestler. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he was listening. Boom, 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 boom. I, I had a blast there. Mm-hmm. Had a good time for about five, six months. Then went back to Oregon. Hmm. Okay. Back to Oregon. In Oregon, I had a blast. Now I became a star. You know, I was in the main event champion and all that. You know, to to make a long story short, I ended up in San Francisco. And it's a funny story about San Francisco. But this is what I learned. All my psychology is San Francisco. When I went to San Francisco, so uh, I sent pictures. That's what you do. And the promoter sent you back. Okay, you're booked at a certain date and all mm-hmm. that stuff. Mm-hmm. My first night in San Francisco, he says, uh, we got to go to Fresno. He says, how are you going to Fresno? I said, I'll drive. He says, no, you, you go with me. Okay. He had a pickup truck, cowboy hat, you know, Roy Shire. He had a wrench. Roy Shire was the promoter. Yeah. yeah. And so I go with him. We do TV that night. We're driving back. I'm having a few beers. And he goes, uh, Patterson, I heard something about you. What? Yeah, well, you're different. I said, what do you mean you're different? He says, well, I heard, I don't like it. And I said, what? I know what he's trying to get at. Yeah. I says, well, tell me. He said, well, I heard you're, you're, you're queer. I said, yes. He <laughs> says, you admit it? I said, I'm going to work for you. I'll never embarrass you. I said, all right. I was there 15 years. <laughs> 15 years. Wow. Yeah. See, because that, that's, you, you mentioned a couple of times your friend, and that, that was your, your friend Louie, right? Yeah. Because, because you once again you talk about you mentioned this on Legends House that you're gay. Yeah. So you're a French guy in the '60s coming to the states, don't really speak English, and you're wrestling, and you're gay. Yeah. That's like a lot of strikes against you in normal society, right? You know what makes me laugh? Not <laughs> you mentioned that. You know, like the football player, the the hire now the gay black guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, and. They they got him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. He's gonna play. Mm-hmm. But before you could 
they start anything, the media go, yeah, but in the locker room is going to be a different story. Mm -hmm. That pisses me off. I was in locker room all my life. I had a problem. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So did you have to hide that, or did the boys know? I never told anybody. Some of the guys did guess. Yeah. Yeah, they would guess. I think he is, and blah, blah, you know, but it, it not any more than that. So, so it never mattered, because like in the 60s, to be gay was almost yeah. like being a witch or something. Like, what, you're gay? Right. Like, yeah. I've never, ever, ever had a problem with any of the wrestlers. Mm -hmm. I've wrestled the top guys, yeah. all of them. Yeah, Lutez, yeah. Pat O'Connor, Kowalski, uh, Bobo, Brazil. And I've wrestled every top guys in the business. Never had a it never mattered. And why should it? Yeah, you know why they wanted to work with me? Because I made them look good. <laughs> <laughs> I learned that. So anyway, San Francisco, this is where I learned my psychology with Roy Shire. He was a smart son of a bitch. So Roy Shire was the guy. Yes, sir. Wow. And he watched every match. Wow. He watched every match. And after every match, you come back in the locker room. If he did something wrong, he chewed you apart. Really. Mm -hmm. i tell you a funny story. I love that story. Roy Shire, years ago, was a wrestler, mm -hmm. and he was working in the Indianapolis Territory. Mm -hmm. Roy was a heel, a big heel, and Dick DeBruiser was a big heel. There was two top heels, mm -hmm. and Jim Barnett was a promoter in those days. He wanted to build a match, two heels going against each other. At that time, it's never been done. Mm -hmm. So Dick DeBruiser said, well, I'm not going to be a babyface. I'm a heel. Roy Shire, he said... I'm not going to be a baby face. I'm a heel. And they're arguing. So the next day, that's the match in the locker room. And Dick DeBruiser said, Shire, you got a heel tonight? No, you want to be a heel? Go ahead, be the heel. All right. It's okay, kid. Now I'll be the heel. You'll be the baby face. So Dick DeBruiser goes in the ring first, right? Mm -hmm. And Roy Shire told him now, if you're going to go in the ring first, you're going to be the heel. As soon as I slide through those ropes, you jump me and beat me. Said, kid, now you understand. Now, okay? So, Dick the Bruiser, the big heel, Roy Shire comes sliding in there. He jumps on Roy Shire, beats like a boom. Roy Shire takes a thumb and takes a walk, and he's walking away. Who do you think they're booing? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> and he came back in. Booing Shire, yeah. yeah. He, he, he double-crossed him. That's a great story. I love it. You know who's living large at my house? My three cats, Mr. Mittens, Indy, and Snickers. And you know why? Because we switched them to Pretty Litter. Okay, so it's really me and my wife and my daughters who are living large, thanks to Pretty Litter. Because Pretty Litter's ultra-absorbent crystals trap odor instantly, so no more bad cat smells in the bathroom. Pretty Litter crystals last up to a month, so less cat litter box cleaning for all of us and less fighting about whose turn it is to clean the litter box. I got to deal with this fight every single week between my daughters. This makes it so much easier. Pretty Litter also ships right to our front door, so no more last-minute mad scramble runs to the store because we're out of kitty litter. And Pretty Litter has another cool feature that makes life just a little easier. It helps us keep tabs on our cat's health. It changes colors so you can monitor early signs of potential illnesses like urinary tract infections and kidney issues. It's easily the best thing we've done for ourselves and our cats in a very long time. Like I said, Pretty Litter helps keep tabs on my cat's health and keeps odors down. Those are two big wins in my house, meow. You and your cat are going to love Pretty Litter as much as we do. So go to prettylitter.com slash Jericho and use code Jericho to save 20% on your first order. That's prettylitter.com slash Jericho. 
Code Jericho to save 20%. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. You're listening to Talk is Jericho. Pat Patterson is here with me. And I remember when I first came to the WWE, just listening to the, the ideas that you had and, and the way that you would, uh, the way that you would, 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 would tell me to do things and, and what to do and what not to do and all that sort of thing. Yeah. What, what is the, 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 the basic psychology of wrestling, in, in your opinion? Basic psychology. Well, to me, is we're, we're entertaining people. Mm-hmm. And you've got to listen to those people. Mm-hmm. If, they're sitting there, if they're sitting there and just watching, we're doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. There's no question. We're there to entertain them. If I want them to boo me, I got to do something. I got to give them a reason to boo me. Mm-hmm. And I got a reason to like me if I'm going to be a baby face. Mm-hmm. They're, we're there to entertain, period. And when you don't feel that, so many guys, so many times, so many guys over the years, they say, oh, people, those people are hard. <laughs> said, they're not hard. They're not buying what you're doing. <laughs> That's right. Period. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's no worse than a comedian that goes on stage and uh, he's got a routine. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you got to change the routine. If you don't get them, mm. you're going to fall on your right, ass. That's right, right. That's basically what it is. You can call a very intricate high spot backstage that yeah. has all the ups and downs and bells and whistles. Yeah. But if you go in the ring and no one's buying it, what does it matter? Or you do it at the wrong time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. If you're, if you're preparing for a big spot that's going to come in your match mm-hmm. that you talked about in the dressing room, well, you better work and build up to that spot. Mm-hmm. It just can't come out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's so to me. It's so clear and easy to see that with some they don't see it but because they only think about themselves. If you want to be a good baby face and you want to make a good comeback, you know what you need? Hmm. You need a good heel. <laughs> Without a heel, you ain't no good guy. You're nothing. Yeah, that's right, huh? It's true. Now, how was it when you worked with Ray Stevens? Oh, great, Ray Stevens. All the time that I knew him, he was always 15 years old. Mm-hmm. Party and have fun. And, and in the ring, he was a natural. He could, he could work in his sleep. Mm-hmm. So good. A lot of fun. And you guys were a team for, for, for oh, many years. For years, yeah, yeah. And did you ever break up and work against each other? Yes. Tell us about that. Oh, it was great. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. That's one thing because they both loved us. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And we had a little argument and blah, blah, blah. So the promotion was like... Which one's going to break the rule first, Patterson or Stevens? Mm-hmm. And we build that for three weeks, you know what I mean? Yeah. So we're at the Cow Palace, and we start the match, and I'm dragged here, and I'm dragged dead. Okay, all right. You know, now we hook up when we push against the rope. Mm-hmm. Break clean, okay, bye-bye. Break clean again, and finally we boom. Oh, you could hear the people. We hook up again, boom, boom, boom. My turn, boom. They pop. When he hit me, they pop. When I nailed him, they pop. Uh-huh. And then from that point on, we were going back and forth. Bing, bing. They loved her. They went crazy. <laughs> but who ended up being the heel and who was the baby face? They, they, you didn't know what? Matter. It didn't matter. Right, yeah. right, right. It didn't. No. So, so you talked about being in the business for 56 years, but I mean, how long have you been in, in the WWE for? 30? Oh, since 30 80? Some. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Easy. I started in New York working in 70. 79, I think. Somewhere and was there. that for Vince's dad or for yeah. Vince? Okay. Yeah. So you came in as a, as a talent, as a, as, a, yeah. as a wrestler. I never thought I'd make it to New York. You know that. 
New York was New York the place to, to be? Well, New York is New York, mm-hmm. and if you're wrestling in the main event in Madison Square Garden, mm-hmm. because Madison Square Garden is very expensive, mm-hmm. and you got to have some crowd to pay the rent. Mm-hmm. You'd have some talent, you know. Mm-hmm. And I was lucky; the old men called me. Now you said New York was big, a big guy territory. Oh yeah, all big giant, you know, yeah. big, all big guys against Bruno, uh-huh. you know. Uh-huh. And then Backlund was the the babyface star that they were trying to make, but Bob had no experience whatsoever. You wrestle, you wrestle with big guys, you know, and mm-hmm. the guys didn't sell, didn't sell, and finally Bob would make a comeback, that would be it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? There was nothing as far as psychology and spots and things like that, you know. Mm-hmm. So the old man calls me and I go, Jesus Christ, going to New York, that ain't bad. <laughs> so... He put me and said, so you're going to take care of Bob Backlund. You're going to help him. I need, wow. I need to learn the business. He talked to Bob. He said, Bob, from now on, you're working with Pat, and you listen to him word for word. Wow. So I got it made. And you're not a big guy, so no. you're going in there. Right. Were they looking kind of at you like, who's this little guy, or had your reputation preceded you? Right. And yeah. the promos were strong, and I'm gotcha. a better wrestler and all that. But I tell you what, the Garden, four in a row, the return match, which has never been done yet. Four main events in a row, Patterson yes, return and Backlund. After return, after return. Wow. To return, the match got to be good because the old man, if it's no good, you're not going to be in the main event the next week, mm-hmm. in the next month. And then the one after, and then the one after. <laughs> the, the, the rumor that I'd always heard back in those days was that Madison Square Garden was kind of the... Um, Let's say the, the the thermometer for like if if you got over in the garden and the crowd reacted to the garden, then right. they would take it across the country. Better stories. If you make it to New York, yeah. If you make it there, you'll make, make it, it anywhere, anywhere. right? Yeah. <laughs> New York, yeah. and that was the case. If you could make yeah. it in the garden, yeah. then you would go to Philly and all the other other places. Yeah. So when you were working with Backlund, I remember there was a story you told me about. about do you guys have a cage match? Yeah. Where you told him like you were just milking the crowd, like just wait. And he was, and you were climbing up the cage, and you wanted him to wait for you. But he came up and popped up and grabbed you too oh, fat because right. he was scared you were going to double cross him. He knew. I said, "I'm going to go out there and try to get out." Uh-huh. I told him, "I'm going to try to get out." Uh-huh. Oh God, he said, "You know, he, no." I said, "I'm going to try to get out like a bastard." <laughs> I, he was so scared that he was going to double cross. <laughs> he really was. Wow. And there's another match, and it went right back in the garden. I four times it went backland, and. One time with Slaughter, hmm. Sergeant Slaughter. Okay. It's a funny thing. Uh, Slaughter was a good friend of mine, mm-hmm. and he he worked the big style. You know what I mean? You, you hit right. him five times before he goes down. You're, right. Yeah, right. yeah. You know. And then the old man says, "Can you have a uh, a match, you and Slaughter, with no referee?" I said, "Of course." What do you mean, like but, a street fight or something? Or what? yeah, okay. street fight, no referee. Mm-hmm. Now I got think for two weeks of the, how am I going to work this goddamn match <laughs> if you watched it Slaughter did the best selling job that I've ever seen anybody in the business hmm. incredible unbelievable it's a different story how to build a match like that but it worked hmm. it worked great because the baby face has to sell and That's the heel too yeah 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 well I'm choking you now mm-hmm. I, I can't choke you forever you're going to die mm-hmm. And when you stop me, 
I really got to oversell what you did to me so I can give you a chance to recuperate. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was yeah. almost like slow motion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is kind of like, I would say, just judging from the timeline, kind of towards the end of your in-ring career, if uh -huh. you're talking about the, the, the 80s, early 80s, late 70s. Right, yeah. How did you make the transition from being a in-ring talent to being behind the scenes? It was an experience, I'll tell you. Hmm. What was fun about that is that's a new learning process. Mm. But what helped me a lot that I traveled so much with a lot of different guys and everything I'd learned, worked with the top guys everywhere, you got to know how to talk to the talent. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? You got, everybody has a different personality. You know, I come to you and I say, this is what we're doing tonight. No. But if you approach somebody a different way, make him understand why, cool. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's almost like playing the game with everybody, but that's what you have to do, you know. And I had more fun working with Vince. Oh, this is God. Vince Jr.? Yeah. So did Vince Jr. is the one who said, come work with me? No, that was Vince's Senior father. Senior first. Yeah, his father died. And then I didn't know what Vince Jr. was going to do. He started taking all over the, all over the world, going, mm -hmm. and I'm working for him. What was your official title? Were you the booker? Or were you oh, no, no. I told Vince, I don't want to be called a booker. Mm -hmm. There's only one booker in this company, and you're the booker. Mm -hmm. We'll work, and I'll give you ideas. If you want some suggestion, I'll give so it to you. Vince's That's assistant. It. Yeah. yeah, I didn't want to be called a booker. A booker is Vince. That's mm -hmm. it. He's the boss. You know. Well, you mentioned how he was taking over the country and taking over the world. Tell us about um, the first WrestleMania, the concept of it. What did you think about it when you first heard about it? Oh, my God. That was unbelievable. The first WrestleMania was on closed circuit TV. Mm -hmm. It was at Madison Square Garden. I tell you what, everybody was a nervous wreck. Hmm. Oh, God, all the talent were nervous. I mean, very nervous. Now just quickly, for, 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 for a lot of the people listening, probably don't even know Closed Circuit. That's when you would go into an arena and watch or, the or show. A theater. On a theater and watch it on a screen. You right. would pay money, sit in an arena, but watch yeah. it on, on the theater screen. And the funny thing about that is that the guest referee for the main event was Muhammad Ali. Mm -hmm. Okay? So Vince says to me at the garden backstage, he says, when Muhammad Ali arrives with his entourage... Make sure you take care of him, you know, they want a coffee, they want this, and we think. And he says, talk to him a little bit. Yeah, I introduce myself to Muhammad Ali, you're going to be the guest referee, my name is Pat Patterson, yeah, 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 yeah. That's how we'll get to you later and everything else. So I go to Vince and Vince, this guy can't referee. He said, what do you mean? Go talk to him. He's starting to feel bad, you know I mean? He was getting Starting with Parkinson's. Yeah, yeah. So he's just, Vince says, what the hell are we going to do? Like he couldn't remember anything or he was just very uh, slow? No. Uh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Right, right, right. wasn't there. So what are we going to do? I said, we'll make him the referee outside the ring and I'll referee the match because <laughs> I knew the match. How it's going to work. So. And this is Piper and... Orton, uh, or Orndorff. Or Orndorff against yeah, Mr. Orton T. Outside, and Orton yeah, was yeah, outside and yeah. Mr. T and Oregon. Right. You should have seen this. You, you can see you watch the video. They're getting some heat on uh, on Mr. T. When they're getting heat on him, he jumps in the ring, Muhammad Ali. Hmm. And he's swinging. He's trying to get to Orndorff and Orton. I mean, he's swinging, and I got him around the waist. He's, <laughs> he's shooting this guy. Was he thinking now. it was real? He forgot? Oh, yeah. He got, but, you know, probably in his head, no, he, he yeah, wants yeah, to go. Yeah. You know what I mean? I had him around the waist. said, no, get outside the ring. <laughs> 
Hey, these guys were in the event. Get out of here! Get out! Screwing <laughs> up the main event. You know what I mean? So oh. they, they put you in that match. Are you, are you Vincent yourself? Put you in that match to kind of patrol it to know yeah. that somebody has to keep this thing rolling because Ali cool, yeah. ain't going to do it. Yeah. And probably did you, were you helping Mr. T out as well? Yeah, because he didn't know what the hell he was doing. He had yet, no right? idea what he was doing. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so during that match, Paul Orndorff ran around the ring. And he wanted to go and nail Muhammad Ali, mm. you know. And I had jumped out. So I said, get in the ring. <laughs> Who gets up? That ringside is the manager of the Yankees. What's oh, his name? Billy Martin. He gets up. He takes his jacket. He wants to get in the ring. Sit down. <laughs> oh, what a nightmare. Because people still didn't know for sure what was going on. Like, you know, we told them it was entertainment, but still, they didn't know. Well, once they get into the story, that's a son of a bitch. Yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't think he was that bad. He's an ass. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So we went to the after party after that. Uh-huh. And I saw Billy Martin there. And I said, Billy. And he was already tipsy. I said, Well, you really trying to get in the ring? He said, Hell yeah. I said, Come on now. You'll get your ass kicked. He says, You want me to show you how I kick ass? I said, Forget it. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> but how, how, um, you know, you're talking about the actual match itself, but how about like the, the financial future of the entire company? was based on that show. You mentioned Closed Circuit and, and, and everything. If WrestleMania wouldn't have done good, would the company have closed? Or? Not with, not with all, Vince, all I, right? All I heard is WrestleMania three, mm-hmm. which was a silver dome. Mm-hmm. I had to sell out. And Vince was telling me, we, we got to sell out. I said, Vince, we never sell out this place, for Christ's sake. He said, if we don't, you and I will be looking for a job. Hmm. I said, what? He said, we have to sell out. Mm. See, Vince rolled the dice, you know. He's a, he's a gutsy guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, why, why, why was he saying that uh, it had to sell out? Because there was so much money at stake? or all the, all the Sure. Yeah. The building like this and all the publicity and, oh, God, TV. And so, so even at that point, it still wasn't over the top. Like, like you've seen WWE grow to become like yeah. this worldwide cultural pop culture it's phenomenon. It's amazing. It's amazing. And from being there from the start, oh, just to see it grow. Yeah, at first you're wondering how long is that going to last, you mm-hmm. know? Is it a fad? Yeah, Vin's going to get tired of this, or Vin's going to get tired of Maybe you shouldn't be doing this, you shouldn't be doing that. And mm-hmm. He's been doing the right thing. <laughs> <laughs> but how, how, how popular was Hulk Hogan at that time? And oh, hot, Jesus. Dude. Yeah? Oh, my God. I mean, how can you be jealous of a guy at that, like that? Mm-hmm. I don't... I don't look at his work. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at it. Hulk Hogan getting over. That's all that matters. Mm-hmm. You can be walking with one leg, and you can be walking with one leg. They love him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And just think about it, the business. If you have a pair of tights and a pair of boots, you can work. You make money. Mm-hmm. There's no investment. Mm-hmm. Look at Hogan. Would anybody like to be in those shoes as a wrestler? Hell yes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. How could you not? Right, How right. can you knock him? And this, you can't. Right. It's true. Anybody that has put the tights on would like to get over like that. Who else uh, at that time frame, if you're going back from that uh, original kind of glory years from, from the 80s, who else was really, really over? Well, Macho Man was mm-hmm. hot. Mm-hmm. All these guys were hot, Macho Man. And, uh, I'm trying to think of all these guys. Hogan was tall, obviously. There. What about a guy like Jake Roberts? Jake Roberts. Good, over, good, good character, the mm-hmm. business, good worker, mm-hmm. fantastic. Uh, Shawn Michael came over, Brett, you know. 
Boy, did I babysit those guys. I was going to say, did, did you did you take special uh, notice of those guys because they were smaller guys? Yeah. You know why? I visualized them me. Mm-hmm. I was never a big giant. You neither. Mm-hmm. Brett, Shawn Michael, mm-hmm. you had something. You had something. We have to work a little harder. Yeah. We have to cry a little bit more <laughs> yeah. to get there because we're not going out there to, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. You perform. It's a big man's business, and it always has been. So I find as, as a little guy or smaller guy, you do have to have a chip on your shoulder. Yeah. You really do. And sometimes yeah. it pisses people off. But then if you know how to work, and you know how to work with the guy you work with, hello, baby. <laughs> if you know what you're doing, I'll make you look good, and I look good. <laughs> but they don't know how to start. Most of the guys, so they don't know. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't. But when you mentioned you know, babysitting Sean and Brett, you're talking about babysitting them in the ring to in help the ring, with better yeah. matches or outside the ring? Both. Both. <laughs> Sean was a little hard, hard, harder to yeah. outside the ring. I didn't want to be around him. <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were so good. God. I'll give you an example like the baby faces we have now. Mm-hmm. And they do some un- unbelievable move and everything else. And look at Dolph. Dolph, to me, is like Shawn Michael of the year today, or the, of years of ago. Of the modern day, yeah. Oh, he, he wrestled. He, he's exciting. I can feel his matches, you know. Mm-hmm. Doing backflip over the top ropes. I don't. Mm-hmm. That's circus, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That, for me, is just mm-hmm. wrestling. Mm-hmm. So he's a guy that you think should should be getting a, 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 bigger, yep. a bigger chance. Yep. As, I'm sure there's been guys that you felt that way before. Is it just time? You just need to, you know, I used to hear, you know, the cream rises to the top. Yep. Do you just have to wait your turn? And if, if it's not happening for you, what can you do if you're in a position, yeah, like, say, Adolf, where you're not getting what you should get? Well, if he's not, he's not. He knows that sometimes it happens that mm-hmm. way, you know. He's just, uh, Vince was not too crazy about Brett. Mm-hmm. He was incredibly crazy about Shawn Michael. He got fired three times. Mm-hmm. It's a funny thing. He wasn't crazy about me either when I first got here. <laughs> Are you still here? I know. Jeez. It's a funny about Shawn Michael. I didn't know Shawn Michael from Adam. Mm-hmm. And I watched him on TV one night. It was from Alabama or something. They, they were they got thrown out from Minneapolis. They had no place to work. But they never called the office trying to get booked. Never. Mm-hmm. Why? I don't know. Mm-hmm. They figured they couldn't make it to New York. There's no way. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, Mall yeah. and everything else. Then I saw I saw them a few times on TV. I said, Vince, you see those kids? What the, the, rockers, the rockers. The rockers. The midnight rockers, yeah. Like the kids can work. Mm-hmm. I said, well, I heard about them a little bit. They were troublemakers as well. If you're not making any money, Vince. You might as well have fun. That's what they're doing, I would think. Mm-hmm. Well, all right. We'll give them a break. So mm-hmm. I brought them in. A week later, they got fired. <laughs> <laughs> and I got fired a second time and probably the third time and what happened is I believe in, in those guys you know especially in Sean you know mm-hmm. and they never call Pat can you give me a break and you talk to them never mm-hmm. never never begged or nothing they were gone they were gone like me six months I said Vince we should bring Tom back Patrick the rockers are dead <laughs> let's continue to work all right, maybe six, seven months later, and I think we'll give him a chance now. Patrick, they're dead. <laughs> the third time I brought it up again, he's, get him in. Yeah. You know, and he's been with us all ever since. Yeah, yeah. He didn't really believe in breath either, and I went on the road with these guys, and 
you know, outside of the ring to know a story. Some mm-hmm. guys may be drunk and be asked, but when they perform in the ring, if they entertain me, I got to tell them the way I feel about them. Mm-hmm. I'm a wrestler, and I enjoy watching them. Come on now. You mm-hmm. know, it's like I ate a lot of cookies, and I still like those cookies. You know <laughs> what I mean? They got to be good, you yeah, know? Yeah. yeah. Talk about uh, working with Vince. I mean, obviously, you mentioned St. Patrick, and you know, you, you had a, you've been a close relationship, working relationship with this guy for yeah. 35-odd years. Yeah. Talking about the genius of wrestling, I mentioned your name, but Vince also, too. A legitimate wrestling genius, from my experiences. It's not a cliche, it's well, the truth. you know what? He, his whole life is the business. Mm-hmm. Seven days a week. Mm-hmm. Never stops. I quit three times. Mm-hmm. I was burned out, and I... Me and Vince had a great relationship. Very good friends. We love working together with ideas, we laugh, and everything else. But he never stops. It's seven days a week. And I said, Vince, I'm burned out, you know. Mm-hmm. God damn it, we cried, you know. Mm-hmm. Now I thought, I quit. What am I going to do? I had no idea what I was going to do. <laughs> None. I really. I ended up in Florida. and he, I, Before I quit the first time, I wanted to see the Iron Man match. He was totally against that. Well, the Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart, yeah. WrestleMania, 96? see that match. Forget about it. I'm not going to have a 60-minute match on the paper pay-per-view. Jesus Christ, man. These guys will tear the house down. Was but that your idea then? Was the sixty yeah. minute? Okay. Yeah. And at that time, I I quit not because he didn't he didn't want to shoot the match, you know, the match but, but anyway, about you know a few months later, he calls me and goes because we used to think ahead about WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. So you're gonna come to WrestleMania? I said, well, he says, why don't you come? Some of the guys will be happy to see you. All right. He says, by the way, you like the main event? I said, what's the main event? He says, Iron Man match with Bret Michel. I saw. I'll be there. <laughs> I was so happy, and I got there on a Sunday afternoon. He said, in the locker room waiting for you. Hmm. I spent the afternoon with them. And you know what happened? It's the way I am. I sat in the crowd. I cried to that match so much, you have no idea. <laughs> oh, they were so good. And what happened with us, Shawn Michael is Shawn Michael, but he's also a character. Mm-hmm. Brett is Bret Hart, but he has a character in the ring. And you fall in love with the character. It's like falling in love with Mickey Mouse. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And when Brett lost, you know, it's like, oh, my God, because he did such a good job, you know. Mm-hmm. And fuck, you know, he worked so hard. Then I look at Sean. Yeah, and God, he, yes, I won. I, mean, I was crying with him. <laughs> it's amazing. You know, um, Sean and Brett, two of the best you've seen? But my book, I've yeah. seen a lot of good ones. Yeah. But those guys, they were young and they... I really enjoy watching him so much. Who else do you put up there as some of the best that you've seen over the course of your career? So many. It wouldn't mm-hmm. be fair. You okay. Know, <laughs> so many. I mean, really, yeah. Uh, these stands out because I had to work with them a lot. And, God, there was a lot of good workers. Mm-hmm. It was. We always got, uh, when I was working with Rock, We Rock always enjoyed working with you. I know you're close with him, but uh, Rock's yeah. got to be another guy that, that would have to or, and does countlessly say how much you influenced his career and how much you helped his career. I mean, you shaped The Rock uh, as well. Well, you know, not really that much. You know, I had to make sure I introduced him to Vince and tell him how to, how to act and be this. And but in that. the ring, though, his, his psychology. Oh, yeah. His thought process, <laughs> you know. I told him one time, I said, once you get beat tonight, you're going to be laying there with one leg here and like this, you're going to be like an old douchebag. <laughs> I'm not a douchebag. I said, I know you're not. 
That was always the Pat Patterson. Look at there. Pat, what am I supposed to do? After that? You just go lie on the ground like a douchebag. No one's watching you anyways. <laughs> you caught on to that, right? Yeah. If you're going to get beat, show me your hurt. Yeah, you that's right. I mean? That's right. Yeah. It's funny. <laughs> but, you know, the, also, too, I mean, so many of the things, I mean, uh, Royal Rumble, your, oh, your creation. Yeah. yeah. That's another thing you didn't want to do. Tell us about the, the what was your idea behind that? Somebody came out with the battle well somewhere one year, 10, 20 years ago. I don't know. Yeah. Somebody must have came up with this idea. Someone invented it. Battle yeah. well. Then I kept thinking I'd like to do something different that's never been done. Six men tag match elimination has been done. I got the concept of the Royal Rumble. I didn't have a name and I said, God damn, every two minute titting, titting. It's got to work. Somebody gets eliminated. It's got to work. Vince, fuck. Man, 20 guys or 25 guys. Come on, Come Pat. On. And about two, three months later, we're having a meeting with Dick Hedersall, the NBC guy. Mm-hmm. And we had a special for USA Network that was like one of the first time ever on USA Network. I a wrestling special. And we had in... Vince, Vince would give him the card that we have. Hogan is going to sign a contract, and this guy's going to wrestle. This guy. This would be Saturday's main event. Right. right. That's right. Yeah. So um, it was not a Saturday night main event. I give a special. Okay. On, on, yeah, yeah, so anyway, so Dick Ebersol looks at the card and goes, "Yeah, it's pretty good. Hogan's going to be on the card, but he the rest." He said, "There's something missing." Vince looks at me. He says, "Pat, tell Dick your uh, your stupid idea." <laughs> <laughs> I, I turned around I said, first of all, it's not a stupid idea. <laughs> so I described that to Dick Ebersol. Mm-hmm. How it runs. He says, Vince, this is great television. <laughs> Every two minutes, there's a legal run-in. <laughs> all right, do it. I did it by myself. Yeah, you wrote it? By myself. Yeah. I, I, no, I didn't even think it would be that hard. The morning of, I'm in the building, I'm going, God, now what? I thought, I, <laughs> oh, God. Because <laughs> for years, you, you, you wrote the, the, the Royal Rumble. Even when I first got here, you were still the guy who was pretty much putting it together. Yeah. You'd have some help. Yeah. But now, now you don't do that no, anymore. No, if they want me to go, I'll go. But, you know, they need somebody else with different ideas. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? How do, yeah. you, uh, how do you feel about the company now? I mean, you've seen the glory years. You've seen the up cycles. You've seen the down cycles. Yeah. How do you feel now? I mean, we talked about earlier about how there are no more real territories. Mm-hmm. I mean, even when I came in, I had worked around the world, got here, same with Eddie Guerrero and, and, yeah. and those type of guys. Now you go to NXT, work the developmental, and pretty much end up here. Mm-hmm. So how do you feel about the company in this day and age? I feel great. Yeah. I feel good because, you know what, when you go to some of these buildings and people, want to, they want, they're so happy to see guys. Even if you're a heel, it doesn't matter. They want to mm-hmm. see you. You're a star. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. It mm-hmm. really is. Mm-hmm. You know, you travel in there, no matter where you go. You go to a bar, you go on a bus, you go on a plane. People want to shake your hands. They want to hug you. You know what I mean? Even if you're a heel, it doesn't yeah. matter. You're a star. You're somebody. And they're making money. <laughs> I wish I was wrestling in these days now. You know, it's funny because my, my dad played pro hockey, and it's the same thing. You know, you when he go. was playing, they didn't make the money they played. Now, I wish I was playing. Now I'd be making millions, you know. Yeah. But I guess that, that's one thing that's changed is the money is, is ridiculous compared to what it was yeah, when you well, were on you the job. You made a few bucks yourself in the last 10 years, <laughs> well, right? I did all right. <laughs> but once again, thanks to some of the things that you taught me. I, I'll say oh, that to everybody God. about how Pat Patterson is it's a funny, mentor. Chris, it's funny, you know, like sometimes when somebody says, this is what we want to do with you and all that stuff. 
That doesn't feel right. And just talking to somebody that you have a relationship with or something, you just just to say it to somebody else instead of to say, hey, I ain't going to do that mm-hmm. shit. You know what I mean? Go and feel it with somebody else. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because you're yourself. No one can do what you want to do or what you don't want to do. Mm-hmm. You, you know, and you're a performer. Right. So I always liked that with you because even some of the times, you know, years ago, when I uh, was, you know, getting heat or whatever it was from for having an opinion or an, an attitude or whatever right. it was, I still I always loved working with you as a as a as an agent as a producer because I would have an idea, you oh, would I, have an I idea, talk about that with you then I lot. would, then yeah. you would, yeah. and we're not getting mad at each other no. if we don't like it. But that's how you create the idea. That's right. Whereas other people who, in my opinion, had lesser experience yeah. and 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 genius than yeah. you would say, "This is what we're doing. You have to do it this way." It's like no. Yeah. You never had that. You you like the 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 badminton game of, of hitting it back and yeah. forth, tennis, boom, 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 and here we go with the great idea. Well, at first, I kind of throw it out to you what yeah. we think we should do, then you do what you want with it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I don't know if I'm going to eat that or not. Yeah. I, I don't know. It doesn't look too good right now. I said, okay, I'll do it. Take a walk, and I'll be yeah, back yeah. in Smoke an hour. A cigarette. Like, yeah, I come back, you know. It's not bad if we had this and if we had that. There you go. Done. You know what I mean? Perfect. Done. Except for you say, no, you go tell it to Vince. I'm not talking to him anymore. Well, that's it. <laughs> You're and, done and, with that. that. By doing that, you got a relationship yes. with Vince. Yes, and that's so important, too. You have to have that. Because yeah. now Vince trusts, for example, if I go in with an idea, he'll listen and trust it yeah. because he knows I came through the system the right way, learning from guys like yeah. yourself, you know? And you know what, Chris? I was surprised. I didn't know you were coming back. Mm-hmm. You couldn't have been too bad that so Vince brings you back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You did well. Yeah. And you still come back. See, if you were an ass, you wouldn't be here. <laughs> really. Well, I think it's like you said. You just have to stand up for what you believe in. And sometimes people yeah. don't like that. But you, early in the conversation, yeah. when you st- stood up for the $500 for your match, it's like yeah. you, have, you, you do what you need to do and stick by it, and you'll get the respect for that. Yeah. You know? And speaking of respect, we talked about this earlier, you, the, the Legends House, where you told me to watch the last episode where, yeah. where everyone kind of bared their souls, and, and you yeah. told everyone that you were gay. Yeah. I mean, how was that for you to, to officially... It felt I mean, great. We've known it for years, but to officially say it on national TV... Yeah, you know why? It's because you live with that. Mm-hmm. And when you live with that for years and years and years, and uh, and I look back at all my life, you know, everybody could do whatever they want. You know, lock a room the next day, say, I had two brides in their room last night, you know, and mm-hmm. blah, 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 this one. You know, they can brag about what they did. Mm-hmm. I can't brag about that. <laughs> yeah. Do I go to my room and watch TV? No. <laughs> yeah. But I, yeah. I can't tell, yeah. I can't share anything with anybody. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's uh, the way it was, and I had to to go where I wanted to go, where I'm at today, after 73 years old. I mean, what, mm-hmm. why not? I'm gay, so what's the big deal? <laughs> yeah. You know? It's no big deal to me, but now it's just it's the fact you say it, it's like I'm celebrating. Yeah. Yeah, I'm celebrating. Yeah. Free. Yeah, you're free. Right. That's a great yeah. point. That's a great point. Yeah, because everybody knows and they talk to you and they have a few drinks together and it's fine, it's cool, you know. Mm-hmm. But, and I know that you know. Right. But I don't want to tell you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know yeah, what yeah, I mean? Yeah. No, it was a great moment. It was a great yeah. moment. Let yeah. me ask just a couple uh, last questions. And this is a hard question, but I always like asking everybody to have. 
What is one of your, your favorite match that you ever had or one of your favorite matches that you ever had? Is there one that still sticks in your mind where you went, that match was great? Iron Man match. Oh, that, okay, the Sean and, and Brett. That stands out yeah, with yeah, me. Yeah. There's a lot of great matches. Sure, 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 sure. Really. But that match stands out for me so much. Yeah. Yeah. Now, what about a match that y- you were in? Oh, well... God, that's a, <laughs> that's a tough one, right? No, no, yeah, I know. <laughs> oh my God! Well, you know, my my run in New York, Madison Square Garden, that, that will always stand out. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like I worked with Backlund, and I won by disqualification. The second match, I won by a countout. Mm-hmm. Backlund has never lost a match, mm-hmm. but even though he's still the champion, the third match, there was no winner. The old man says, "Can you have a match without no winner?" I said. Let me do it. Don't worry about it. And the last match was a cage match. He won. Okay. That was it. And then I worked with Sergeant Slaughter. Yeah. I mean, hello. Hey, when you're when you're headlining Madison Square Garden, main eventing, that doesn't get any Good. bigger than that. You know what I tell the young guys all the time? Looking at my, my career, working at Madison Square Garden with Bob Backlund. No, I'm, I'm in the main event, you know, the old man trust me. Mm-hmm. And I come backstage and the old man grabs me and he goes, Pat, that was so good. God, thank you, thank you. I told the young guys, you know what? That's my payoff. Yeah. <laughs> the check will come later. That's just a bonus to mm-hmm. me. If I conquered Madison Square Garden, the building shaking yeah. with, with psychology, that's my ego yeah. right there. Yeah, that's all the you rest, need. Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, the rest is I know just... he's going to screw me in the payoff, but it's okay. <laughs> the the 2500 or the 2000 you give me ain't worth shit to what I accomplished. That's right. That's yeah, right. That's right. Absolutely. Well, Pat, do you think you'll ever right. you'll, you think you'll ever leave the WWE or are you going to be doing this for for Oh, long? I love it. Yeah. No. You you t- you come and go but you always come back. You're like yeah. me. You yeah. can't get away. Yeah. You know? It's like when I go to school. I like to go to the school in uh, in, in Orlando. In Orlando. And it's a lot of good guys training, you know what I mean? I don't have that patience, but I see some of the guys that are going to make it. I hope some of these kids, they have dreams, you know? I hope their dreams come true. I really do, mm-hmm. you know? It's, it, once you get hooked on this thing, you know, it's forever, Yeah. you know? You hope their dreams come true like, oh, your, like yours did. Absolutely. Yeah. Don't give up. Yeah. It's funny, that goddamn T-shirt that the Cena has. <laughs> don't give, no, never give up. Yeah. Okay, now I'm saying that. Don't give up. <laughs> Hey, Pat, like I said, thank you for doing this, and thank you for everything you've taught me. I, I always consider you to be my mentor. I tell everybody that, and it's a pleasure to get a chance to sit down with you and actually uh, talk for a little bit. Well, thank you very much. You know I respect that of you. Vice versa. Good. Thanks, man. Thank you. We're shaking hands. <laughs> Thanks to Pat Patterson. He is the Jedi of the WWE. taught me uh, almost everything I've ever learned about the psychology of wrestling and so many others. Great, great conversation with him. One of the true greats in the wrestling business in the ring and out. And I'm glad we had him here on Talk is Jericho for his very first podcast. What do you think of that? Exciting, right? And I also want to thank my kids, Ash the Fish Expert, Cheyenne and Sierra the Literary Experts, the best road trip ever. You heard about it, about the, about it all on the show. They couldn't stop giggling and laughing and rolling around on the floor. I was like, get back in front of your mic. You can't be rolling away away from your mic. So um, always amazing to have my kids be, be such a part of my life. I love them so much. And I love you guys for downloading and listening to Talk is Jericho twice a week. And you want to help us out? You know the easiest way to do that. You say it with me, Amazon. You 
you get the Amazon links and you help out this show. Easiest way to support us. You go to podcast1.com. You click on the Keep Our Podcast Free banner at the top of the page. You agey. Then you click on Talk is Jericho. See all three of my Amazon links in the UK, the USA, and in the Canada. A No extra fees or hidden challenges. You're just getting your shopping done and you're helping me out in the process. And I thank you for that. I got a really busy week this week. Uh, crazy. Uh, I, I'll be going from Orlando to Los Angeles and then all the way to Madison Square Garden for the last three shows Madison Square Garden Toronto Buffalo the last three shows in the Y2J Winter Tour I can't believe it's done already but uh, next week I'll definitely have some stories to tell you always got surprises I don't like telling you guys anything until it happens because when you're in this job you never know what's going to change and what's going to move and what's going to shake but if things go as accordingly next week's going to be one of the biggest weeks of my professional career Uh, and besides that uh, I got another couple great shows coming up for you with another great guest uh, I'll tell you right now, it's a Thrill Seekers reunion. Yeah, finally. People have been asking, when is Lance Storm going to be on the show? I know you've heard Lance on other podcasts. You ain't heard him like this. Lance, we know each other. My first friend in wrestling, one of my best friends I've ever met on the job. Met him on my very first day way back in like June of 1990. I've known him for almost 25 years, and he's a great guy. Uh, he's got some great stories. You'll hear all about our early days, our training, in-depth training at the Hart Brothers Pro Wrestling Camp, in-depth stories about Smoky Mountain Wrestling, the Canadian and indies working in japan our careers mirrored each other for the first four or five years we were around and uh, we did the the recording for this show right in his gym right in his uh, storm wrestling academy uh where he where he has his wrestling school so you're not going to want to miss the thrill seekers reunion next week on wednesday and on friday it's so much uh it's so nice i had to give it to you twice so we'll see you next wednesday in the meantime and in between time stay hard stay cool stay hungry peace love and hugs and a big yeah Boy. You can download new episodes of Talk is Jericho every Wednesday and Friday at podcast1.com. That's podcastone.com.